Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today, we're bringing you an interview with Sue Dreyer, who was Chief Executive Officer of Pierce Transit in Tacoma, Washington. She gives us an in-depth look at her transit system and her career, the upcoming BRT project, how the COVID-19 crisis impacted their transit system, and how they're recovering from it, plus a look at implementing electric buses in their fleet. All that on this edition of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. And today I'm excited to be with a great guest, Sue Dreyer, who is Chief Executive Officer of Pierce Transit in Tacoma, Washington. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sue. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, one of your staff people actually reached out, and I, I guess you guys have listened to the show, huh? We have listened to the show. That's good. Well, I think people are going to love to hear from you. I've heard some great things about you and what you're doing there in Tacoma, Washington. How are things going generally for you? I know we're calling in the month of October and we're hopefully coming a little bit out of the COVID stuff. I mean, just in general, how are things? I think in general, I can classify it as stable. Okay. It seems like our ridership has gotten to a place. It has grown some since the since March when the economy kind of closed down here in Washington. And our staff members have learned how to virtually work, the ones that are working from home. And so we are, I just classify it as stable and looking um, towards the future and ensuring that we can keep our funding as robust as possible. Yes, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I'm sure. <laughs> so you've been there about five and a half years, right, as a chief executive officer? I have. Yeah. Tell us about your background and your career and how you ended up there. Okay, yeah. So I've been here for five and a half years. Uh, This year, Pierce Transit is celebrating its 40th year anniversary, and I am celebrating my 30th year anniversary in transit, which I can't believe it. It has went so quick, and it has been such a great and rewarding career. So like many of my colleagues, I started as a transit operator in Eugene, Oregon, part-time, and my children were not quite two and four, and I was looking for a part-time job that I could manage uh, along with being a mom full-time. And just prior to that, I had worked in management for a little place called Supercuts, which was small then. So it was just, it was kind of a different leap. I took a year off or so to have my children. And then I realized right away, I didn't have a lot of familiarity with transit, just how many people it touched and how many different, not only the people that rode the system, but the community in general and the businesses and the college students and the partnerships that went on and, and decided pretty quickly when I was part-time, I worked kind of in some market, the marketing department there a little bit and got involved in some committees and worked my way up at, at Lane Transit District in Eugene. So worked from a force operator to your regular moving up supervisor, transportation manager. And then I moved to Salem, Oregon and worked with Alan Pollock. Alan, he's a wonderful yes. person as his COO, was there for about five years and then moved to Pierce Transit as the CEO, which has been just the Puget Sound area is beautiful. It has been so nice getting to know the people in the community. And it's really where my home is now. My 
in my husband's. That's wonderful. Do you mind if I ask when you switched, there are a lot of people just answer an ad, like, so you're COO and then you get other people are recruited by recruiters. How did it work for you? Yeah, so I had applied for another CEO job that I was the second candidate. So there was two top candidates. I was the second. And then after that, I was contacted by a recruiter for another job, actually, in the Washington area. And then when I was looking at that, this job came available. So it's interesting. It's kind of one thing goes after the other. And I had familiarity with Pierce Transit. I was in the after leadership class and our group project, and I think this was in maybe... 13, 14, I can't quite remember the the year, but our group project uh, was on passing ballot measures. And unfortunately, Pierce Transit wasn't able to do that in 2012 when we went to the ballot. And, but that was one of the studies I did and talked to the then CEO here. And so I had some familiarity with kind of the climate of Pierce Transit and the community. So I was very interested in the position. That's great. Yeah, I've got um, several friends recently who've moved up into positions in agencies, and almost all of them have been through recruiters. So uh, there seems to be that seems to be the active way things happen a lot of times these days for the CEO job. So tell us about what you do there. Tell us about Pierce Transit and the area and the Puget Sound area, and, and a little bit more about the details, the inside baseball. Inside of it. The fun stuff, as we say. So uh, like I said, we're celebrating our 40th year anniversary this year, and we are a bus transit agency. So fixed route bus, paratransit, and then a pretty robust van pool uh, that we run internally. So pre-COVID, we had about 360 van pools on the road Um, because of the Puget Sound area. There's a lot of commuting. We have 990 employees at Pierce Transit. It's it's a very interesting dynamic because 60% of our service is our local Pierce Transit service. And then we have a partnership with Sound Transit that sits over our county, a three-county area. And our employees operate their buses under, under a contract that we hold with Sound Transit. So what it does is it really brings some great some great jobs to Pierce County. And I would equate about 30% of our staff, 35% of our employees to the Sound Transit contract. So we also run the Sound Transit buses up to Seattle area every day, that commuter service. But at Pierce Transit, when we just look at our region, we're 292 square miles. We move about 10, a little less than 10 million people a year. Our operating budget is 160 million. And the board is, who, who I report to, of course, is comprised of, within the service area, we um, serve 13 cities and towns and unincorporated Pierce County. So on my board is the executive of Pierce County, five mayors of the different cities within the PTBA, it's called in Washington, Public Transportation Benefit Area, and then city council of our biggest cities. So a nine-member board, one non-voting union member as well, which is typically the union president. I talked a little bit about our budget. We are proud of our budget that we 88% of our budget goes to direct service on the road, 12% administration. We try to keep that within that range for our 32 local routes. And then we also have a unique relationship with JBLM, Joint Base Lewis-McChord, second biggest base in the United States. We do a lot of recruiting for people that are retiring from the military. 
So um, at last count, about 25% of our employees are former military. So we're very proud of that statistic. How many employees do you have in total? 970 employees. Oh, almost 1,000 people. That's great. Yeah. That's interesting. Tell me about your board a little bit. I always like governance is a big issue. I like, I, I've been in governance roles before in, in county government. So I always think that the, the board being comprised of the actual elected officials is better because they can speak without, rather than an appointee or an elected person that doesn't really have a lot of authority, doesn't control money, but you've got the mayors on your board. I mean, do you think that works out well for you that once you make your case to them, it's made and you don't have to then make it to a representative of the mayor and then go in and make it to him or her and then to the city council and those kind of things? Yes. So interesting. In Salem, when I worked in Salem, the board there is elected directly to the board. Whereas here, uh, these are elected officials that then serve on um, the Pierce Transit Board. And I think the value in that is exactly what you said, is we're able to interact um, directly with the mayors and people that are what I will say, what I have found here in this almost six years that I've been here is that our board works together very well. I'm not saying that there isn't disagreements or different political aspirations or ideas, but what I have been, what we've been successful with here is working as one. So the mayor of Tacoma isn't just looking at Tacoma, they're also looking at Pierce County in general and unincorporated Pierce County. So just a quick example is we are right now implementing our first bus rapid transit line. So we are almost to 60% design. It goes through unincorporated Pierce County and comes into Tacoma along Washington State DOT lanes. So the working with all three of the entities, but just even Pierce County and Tacoma, everybody, we're working together as one to make this happen. And I see that all the time. We, in 17, we did a complete overhaul of our system. And in agreement with almost every board member was we wanted to really look at frequency and diversity of service. We did the largest increase that we've ever had at Pierce Transit, um, about a 15% increase in service hours. And our ridership grew at least 6% every year for the next few years after that. And, and, and there were some, some places that were affected maybe negatively by that. But our board really stood behind that we need to serve the most people we can with the sales tax that we collect throughout the PTBA. That's good. And how, how are you funded? Let's talk about that. What is your funding source? What's your fare box recovery ratio? Those kind of things. Okay, so we are, according, this is all RCW of Washington, public transportation benefit areas are funded through sales tax. And so we collect 0.06%, so six cents on every $10, and we could go up to 0.09. We have not done that. That takes a vote of the people. And as I said, Pierce Transit tried this in 12 and 10 and, and were unsuccessful, and we just haven't had the opportunity to go back to the our electorate to get that increase. We were actually going to do it this year. This isn't a secret. And then yeah, COVID. Not, not a good year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a good year. So generally, that's how we're funded. We receive very little state funding. Um, the state funding in Washington is mainly through a grant program. And so some 
some uh, of our projects are funded through the state, but there isn't a dedicated state resource for transit. This is something that myself and my colleagues are really trying to talk with legislators about right now. How can the state be more involved in this? A sales tax is regressive and it continues to grow in the area. So it, it's hard having such a strong, strong reliance on sales tax. So we yes. are, as a group, the Washington State Transit Agencies are looking at how we diversify that. That's good. I just interviewed a friend of mine. His name is William Harrell. He is chief executive officer of the Hampton Roads Transit System in Virginia. And during COVID, he got the General Assembly of Virginia because he had advocates, right? He had a real strong delegate, a real strong state senator, and a governor who wanted to do it. And they put in new funding. He's getting $20 million of new funding this year during COVID. And they just did the signing ceremony last week. I said, dude, oh. you should get a medal for that. You yeah. know, no everything was, uh, so, and, and, and Stu, I've heard that all over the country, that systems that are really sales tax funded have really taken especially hard hit during COVID because people haven't been spending. I mean, has that been the case with you? We saw a real dip in March um, and April. Interestingly enough, in May and June, those sales tax numbers started coming back up. And in July, March, April, and May were, were very low. And it was at the same time that we quit charging fares as well. So, and we all had to cut back our service. So we had kind of a triple hit. Our sales tax revenue went down, our fare box went down, and our sound transit contract went down because we charge by the hour for to sound transit, just like any contract. And, and with people not commuting to Seattle because people are working at home. So all three, we had like yeah. triple wedding. What are the projections? So like I said, June and July looked pretty good. We are attributing that to the $1,200 that most people got plus the extra $600 a week for unemployment. That's what our CFO and the Puget Sound CFOs are kind of attributing that to. So it'll be interesting to see August. We are super thankful for the CARES money. We received a little over almost 21 million. That has kept us afloat. It really has. We acted pretty quickly because the first COVID case was in Everett, 60 right. miles up the highway. Yeah. <laughs> so we're south of that. So it kind of, we, we had a little bit of maybe head start on, we've got to get, we got to get clicking on this. So we did a lot of things to keep our employees safe very quickly, and we allowed people, once people were asked to stay home, to stay healthy, we asked our operators and others if they would like to just take a leave of absence, and many, many operators took us up on that. We've done very few furloughs or layoffs that weren't voluntary, even though we have had to do some. That's interesting. Yesterday, I was on a panel with the Southwest Transit Association the TripSpark was was powering, and, and we all agreed we need to update our coop plans, our continuity of operations plans. And so we said, we can't forget when this is over, we got to go back and write in a pandemic plan because everyone had a plan for a hurricane or a natural disaster, but almost no one could have anticipated this. I know. I've talked to the board a lot about this, my board and my executive team. I think that the transit, oh, I know that the transit agent, the transit industry in general, I think, acted with great fortitude, 
to keep transportation running across the United States. While people were told to stay home, I mean, we were out there. And what I've seen is, especially in Pierce County, is how essential transit is. And I have been talking to the Economic Development Board and the Chambers and everybody about this because our ridership, ridership dropped. Our ridership only well, no, I shouldn't say only, but dropped to um, 68%. It is now up to about 55% of pre-COVID. So, okay. and that was, we put a lot of different services in pretty quickly because we had to cut back our fixed route. We put in a essential worker service where somebody could use our paratransit. Basically, we're using our paratransit vehicles for people who need to get to work, an essential job or grocery store, one-on-one in a, in a vehicle. So we acted quickly, and I think a lot of people did. I'm really proud of the work that we did at Pierce Transit. We've had very few cases of COVID here, and we've been able to serve the essential workers. That's wonderful. That microtransit is a really great idea. I know a lot of agencies have done that. Do you contract out your paratransit to a company, or do you run it yourself? So we, that's interesting. We contract out uh, 80% of it and run 20% in-house. So (laughs) it's kind of a little different model. So yeah, for this, so this, we did use our contractor because we, we have some guarantees on that contract. So we were able to utilize those guarantees to do this. We called it the essential worker. Uh, We have in the past, we were one that was, we received the MOD Mobility on Demand grant from FTA a few years ago, and we contracted with Lyft and did a on-demand service. It was interesting. We did it in seven different areas, and now we have the information that we're doing it with a different contractor in a different area. So uh, the partnership with with Lyft, like I said, was, was interesting. What it did is it gave us some good data of what micro, what works well with microtransit and what doesn't work as well. Do you think you'll continue some type of microtransit as part of your portfolio of services even after we kind of get back more to normal? We will. Okay. We will. We have, so Pierce County, we have the sound. And so it kind of, it's, it's kind of stretched out. We have a lot of areas where there is industry and then kind of nothing, and then another area of industry. It's not that unusual. So in those areas is where we um, plan on continuing with our microtransit. We also have a waterfront area that is really difficult to get to with a fixed route bus. So we kicked off, it's called the Pierce Transit Runner, and we're doing a little microtransit there right now. I mean, it hasn't kicked off with great fanfare because of COVID and people are still staying home in Washington, but it's coming along and we think it is part of our, like you said, portfolio that our future bus rapid transit, we have five lines that are planned. And then just recently, we coupled with Pierce County to um, apply for a grant for an area that's kind of a little bit outside of our PTBA, but still within Pierce County, that we want to look at how we can do some autonomous vehicles and kind of electric connected. We also, we were the first in the South Sound, we bought three Proterra buses in 2017, 2018, and we have six more, plug another company, I guess, Gillig's coming, <laughs> Electrics um, next year. <laughs> I've used all those guys. <laughs> I know, I hate to like, I don't want to get one more year, than right? the other. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I always told those guys when I was at MTA one time, we, we, the year before I got there, they skipped the year of a bus buy and we had 750 buses in our fleet. So I had to buy two years worth of buses in one year. And so it was a hundred million dollar order from new flyer. And I said, I ought to get a gold star on your walk of fame or something for that. So, no uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, but it's, it's how, how are the actual buses working for you? Can I ask? Yeah, so they they're working pretty good because our buses stay out so long. We have we utilize them on splits and in town routes. So people like them and they've worked pretty well. I mean, not without some hiccups, but in general, we're um, happy with the advancements in electric technology. Fierce Transit has a long kind of history of environmental sensitivity. Yeah, so it was like 1990-something that our fleet went to CNG. So oh, we've been okay. CNG for a long time. That's zero emission, right? The CNG yeah. is zero yep. emission. So yeah. yeah, it's yeah. one of the cleanest fuels you can, propulsion systems you can have for a transit bus, besides electric now. Right, yeah. So we're going to... We will continue with our CNG. That's 80 something percent of our fleet right now is CNG. Probably we'll go 70, 30, 70 percent. That's our plan right now. CNG, 30 percent electric as we go forward. We were going to start our first bus rapid transit line with electric, but we have decided to stay with the CNG. We have that infrastructure. We have enough of that infrastructure on our bus lot. And I think that's what people, if I could give anybody any advice about electric vehicles, the infrastructure becomes costly, <laughs> and the charging and the, the char and when you're charging and how many chargers you need and stuff up front, don't you? Oh, you really have to think about it. Yeah. I think you really have to think about it. And we we had so we kind of knew what we were in for. We also run some electric hybrid electric van pools with our local Tacoma Public Utilities. So that's been very interesting and they love them. And so we're trying to kind of go there too. Yeah. I was talking with my my friend, Eddie Robar, who heads up Edmonton Transit in, in Canada. And he just bought 40 Proterra electric buses, uh, biggest buy in the history of Canada. And he went ahead and did a new garage built just for the just for the charging of the electric buses up front. So they had all the infrastructure in place. And he told me they're very happy with it. So I think you're right. you got to do that up front. And, and I've talked to Proterra recently, and I bet you other companies are doing this too. They're now like including that, like an all-inclusive price for you. So you can get all your infrastructure at once. I mean, it really is, like you said, if you don't do it, you're going to be sorry later probably. If you don't get the infrastructure right at the same time, you're getting the buses. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and you really have to think about how much you're going to grow that fleet. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Plan that ahead of time, right? Exactly. Because like we worked with our local power company to put in a new transformer right by our base here. And when we did that, we had choices of what we could do, but we decided to make it grander than what we needed right then because we know we're going to be doing more electric. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the BRT. I'm always interested in new BRT lines. How it will work? You're going to have the race platforms and all that and, and level boarding and everything. And how long will it be and all that stuff? Yeah, we are. So our BRT is 14.4 miles long. Okay. Like I said, it, it 
it connects the root kind of the rural Pierce County where there's a lot of growth going on. It's, it's called Spanaway into the urban area of Tacoma and goes through our the big actually it's the biggest transit hub in the in Puget Sound right here in Tacoma. So it's called the Tacoma Dome Station. Um, that station, Sound Transit buses go, Sound Transit heavy rail goes, the light rail will be coming in there, the, the small one around Tacoma is already there, Intercity from Olympia comes in there, Greyhound comes in there, so it really is this wonderful transit hub along with we have bike parking at yeah. our own buses. So. Yeah. This line will connect with that and then subsequently into downtown Tacoma. Yes, we have we have raised platforms. We've just the board just approved the name Stream. You'll be one of the first to know, Paul. Stream is our new name. It's an unplugged. Yeah, Stream. That's a great name. I love it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. We love it. (laughs) Dedicated lanes. Any dedicated? Uh, there are, so in the more rural areas, no, it will be bat lanes mainly. There's some there's some mixed use, but not a whole lot of mixed use lanes, except the bat lanes. And then the we have median lanes. I think it's about five miles of it. So not a lot, but room to grow on that. And that's kind of our vision is that we can get this going with bat lanes on the, like the eight miles that are going out. And then as that area grows, if we need to move in, because it is a rather, it's it's SR7, it's called. So it is a four-lane road right now with a middle lane. So there's there's room to grow there. So yeah, our stations, and we just rolled out that design and had the board approve those. We'll have off-board, off-board payments, of course. We have, it's called ORCA, which yes. I know it's like ORCAs, but it's actually... If you want to know the inside baseball here, one regional card for all. That's what ORCA stands for. You probably do have ORCAs out there, right? Yeah, I know, because we do. And there's seven transit agencies in the area that we all use ORCA. So it'll be, we'll, you can use ORCA. And then we also have an app. We have our own app just for Pierce Transit Local. So off-board payment, Wi-Fi on all the buses, the level boarding, priority signal. So kind of the whole kit and caboodle. I want to uh, get there when you launch that. That'll be fun. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. So we're looking, well, it was 2023 and now it's been moved to beginning of 2024 okay. because we, well, just COVID, you know, yeah, sure. everything slowed down. Everything's been slowed down. Yeah. When I was at MTA, we were talking about doing something in Southern Maryland and they wanted light rail. Of course, light rail is so expensive. Oh. And I said, why don't we compromise and do BRT? And I wasn't allowed to do it for various reasons but from the higher ups but i always thought that's a great way to get it started and then you see how it goes right absolutely yeah yeah i mean i I was as i said i started my career in eugene so i was the transportation manager when we implemented our first the first brt line there mx i actually i wrote the operations plan for that so (laughs) it's just it's chapters in transit right paul (laughs) yeah (laughs) I guess to close it up, this has been a great interview, by the way. Time's just flown by. It's so it has. All the things you're doing there. What do you see? So we're coming, we're coming a little bit out of COVID, hopefully. I think most places are coming a little bit out. What do you see in the next six months? What's your horizon? Do you have a game plan for going back to more regular service? Have you put your fares back in? Those kind of things. Right. So, yes, we have put fares back in. I think it was... 
Oh, I'm not even going to quote it. I think it was yeah. August, but I'm not sure. I can't quite remember. Sometimes one month goes to the next. So they um, do. They all roll in there. <laughs> so we, as I said, we had to cut back some service. We have just this last Sunday implemented a new service package that's 90% of our pre-COVID levels. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're happy about that. And then, of course, we will continue to implement a few more runner services, as we call them, Pierce Transit runner service to do that micro transit. But really, we feel like that we want to do a little more work around where people are going to be riding the most now. I really believe, and all of us in the Puget Sound believe, that things are going to change as far as the dynamics of commuters. Again, I'll just go back to Pierce Transit, our our local service. We're not a commuter service. We are a local service. So we will just keep an eye on that budget. That's our biggest thing right now. Just going into the budget cycle, we did a continuing resolution with our board to see how this will pan out. And then our most our, our biggest priority is our bus rapid transit and just really continuing to move that forward, continuing with our partnership with the county on a few other things. I just think we have to kind of look at the future. I am just so blessed that I have a staff that just is very innovative. So we're constantly like, okay, we had to cut service on Sunday. Could we do this? So we are always looking at different ways to serve the public. That's awesome. Yeah, and hopefully, I'm sure you hope as I do, that the folks in Washington now see that funding operating costs of transit systems, it's not a nicety. It's not like we're a cruise line, right? Uh, Even though that's a mass transportation, you could say lots of people are moving. We are a necessity. And it was shown during this pandemic that these, what they call essential workers, I think everybody's essential, but the essential workers to make the wheels on our economy go round and round are the same ones that make our bus go round and round. Absolutely. Higher level of operating funding out of Washington going forward. So I'm glad we've got a one-year extension, it looks like, of, of the of our authorization act and that maybe we can raise the level of funding out of DC, just like Absolutely. Canada, you know, Canada for the first time, Ottawa is now going to allow some operating dollars to match provincial dollars. And they've never had that before. So I'm thinking that the federal government's realized well, our role is not just capital. It's also in helping. We have a, we, we, we have a national transit system in a sense run locally, but it's a, it's a national priority, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, I know that Peter used to be the head of that, right? He was the head of the FTA for a while. And so he was. He completely understands that. And looks like you are doing everything possible to get back to normal and to make sure you're serving the needs of your citizens through microtransit, through BRT, through all the exciting new innovations you have going there, Sue. I'm very impressed. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I have a wonderful staff and I'm just thankful to be here. And I think that we're going to come back. I yeah. We're going to come back. That's awesome. A way to end it. Thank you so much, Sue Dreyer, Chief Executive Officer of Pierce Transit in Tacoma, Washington, for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.